Sunday Gravy. Welcome to Sunday Gravy. This is a podcast based on recent sermons of High Point Community Church, as well as anything else that just happens to be on our mind. If you would like to contact us, you'll find all of our information at highpointcommunitychurch.org or highpoint.community. And now on with the show. I'll just keep it going. Mm. Welcome to Sunday Gravy. Today is Monday, October 16th, 2023, 11.56 a.m. I shouldn't tell them what time it is in case we're late getting it out. It's like yeah. you're reading from a screen. Um, but yeah, we welcome you. I'm Blake, joined by Pastor Joey Hill and Miss Tiffany Wilson. What's up? And um, that's my phone dinging. Um, but yeah. How are you guys doing? Y'all good? Good. We were a little late get started recording this morning because we went to King Creek to help unload their food bank truck. It's always fun. It's a it's an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all gonna have to comment on it. I, <laughs> I had a run in this morning at the food bank <laughs> with a lady buy some blueberries. <laughs> Only blueberries go in there. Only blueberries in the freezer. This is a blueberry freezer. Blake got in trouble. He tried to put fish in the blueberry freezer. They wouldn't let him. Anyway. Did you give her her a nickname? No, you did. (laughs) He just threw you under the bus. (laughs) I was trying to to pull him in. Throw me under the bus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Apparently, you can't put frozen meat... And frozen fruit in the same freezer. It makes sense, but mm-hmm. but we do that at our house all the time. Well, you're Y'all not ain't. you're not USDA. We're approved, not USDA approved. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. No, they do have some some regulations to follow. But it was a good truck. They filled the place up. Had to send some of it on to the next stop. So a lot of produce. Yeah. A lot of produce. A lot of produce. Yeah, for the listener, it doesn't know what in the world we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. uh, the uh, Cane Creek. Baptist Church on Warrior Jasper Road, like you're going into Warrior there. Um, they have a food bank once a month where they feed probably about 200 or so mm-hmm. families with groceries and that kind of thing. And our church has partnered with them. Um, we serve on that day. We have people from our church that serve. So if you've never really thought about, you know, um, being a part of something like that. But after hearing this, you're like, hmm, I think that would be fun for me and my family. And it really is. It's really a good um, outing for you and your family. I know uh, my wife and our kids, all they've all been a, a participant. Mm-hmm. And so it's really good to see your kids out there serving and handing pe- handing out food to people and stuff. But before any of all that magic happens, uh, the food truck comes a week early. And so our staff here, every time the food truck comes, we help unload it and get everything stocked up so that they can get all everything prepared for it. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so if you're interested in being a part of the food bank, you can go to our website and yeah. go to our serves section, and you'll see all the sign up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good stuff. So what what have you guys had going on this past week, past weekend, since we last recorded a uh, gravy session? 
<laughs> I don't even know what's going on the over names there. For things, <laughs> are you all right? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. The names for these things keep getting more elaborate. <laughs> I don't mean to. I just just open my mouth. And you don't. You up. don't know what to say since I didn't have a forty and slip this past Sunday. So you're kind of <laughs> out of material. I was going to work that in. Oh, were you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Today we're talking about breast plates. <laughs> Blake. We are. We'll get to it. What, what did you guys have going on this weekend? Birthday parties and cleaning out the garage. and just it's so exciting. Saturday in the fall. It's so exciting. It's so exciting. Did you knit an My Afghan? life is. No, I didn't. My life is riveting, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I did a, I, I built a bonfire. Did you? Really? Mm-hmm. That's exciting. Yeah, it r- almost got real exciting. <laughs> aren't we under? Aren't no, we under it rained. It rained. It rained. Whatever. Okay. So, what does that mean? You got the gas? <laughs> huh? You poured gas on it. So, yeah. I did a, well, so I had, I still have tons of like trees and limbs down all over my property, but I don't have a tractor or anything. So, I just have to like, you know, Wait till they rot enough to where I can break them up by hand, or I just, you know, I do have a chainsaw. I'll cut some up, and uh, but it just takes so long. Mm. And but I had one tree that I had to cut down that had died and was like falling, mm. and I mean it wasn't like a huge tree, but I cut it and like slowly, little bits at a time, transferred it back to this place in the backyard where we would burn stuff away from the house and. I had made this massive pile, and when I had made this pile, I stacked it in there way denser than I thought. Like, it was tightly packed, mm-hmm. like stack of wood, like the the beacons of Minas Tirith. Uh, there was like, <laughs> it was like a nerd joke. Anyway, that was it was tight, packed in there good, though. And I, uh, and my, my wife kept saying, well, I'm just keep adding to that pile because we're going to have a bonfire. And she put it off like multiple times, and then this past this Saturday night, she was like, let's do that bonfire. And so she lit, boy. She slipped. <laughs> y'all light it up. So I took, I had some leftover where we had done some wood siding inside of our enclosed porch. You know, I had, when we were building that, we were cutting off pieces. Yeah. I had like this giant thing that I threw all the scraps in because I thought those will be good kindling for later on because sometimes we build wood fires in our, you know, our fireplace or whatever. But, uh, so I took a few little piles of those and made little stacks around the bonfire. Mm-hmm. And then I soaked those in gas and then put a little bit of gas on top of the whole thing. And I lit those things. And it took probably two minutes for that thing to really get going because those little fires all lit up. But they were burning really hot. And so within about two minutes, that whole thing was going and the wind was blowing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And I'm sitting on, I'm standing on my back porch looking at that thing, and it look, it's like a, you know, it looked like Hunger Games two, out there, two thousand pound blowtorch. <laughs> so the wind was blowing, it was like a giant blowtorch out there. It's like, yeah, this is gonna how I end up on a say what segment. Say what? <laughs> it worked out though. When I left for church yesterday morning, it wasn't still smoking; it was still burning Mm-mm. like burning there was a burning campfire in my backyard hmm. the next morning so your wife wants a bonfire you light it up 
and nobody can get within nobody, feet of. <laughs> that's what I'm getting at. Like we're trying to roast these weenies, but uh, yeah. I've lost a few eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it it eventually died down. It got relatively comfortable where they could get somewhat close to it. Mm. So I'm just getting that episode of Park and Rex where Ron Swanson they put propane instead of like the the normal fuel to light the torch for little Sebastian's funeral. You remember that? No. I never okay. watched really. Parks, Sorry. Parks and Rec. For all the Parks and Rec fans out there, you appreciate that. Yeah, he <laughs> they got propane instead of like normal kerosene or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he burnt every bit of hair he had on his face <laughs> off. And everybody loved it. They thought it was a part of the show. <laughs> yeah. I, it, it, like I said, it eventually died down. It got to where it was manageable and they – a few of them went out there and enjoyed it for a while. Mm. Whatever. <laughs> you lit it, went to bed. Uh, Is that what you? I did? went. I, I lit it, went inside and watched football. <laughs> I came out at halftime to make sure the woods weren't on fire. Yeah, but there was a bunch of people out there, so I figured if it got out of hand, they let me know. You'd hear sirens. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all didn't have anything interesting going on? Not really. I mean, we had the ball game Friday night. Yeah. We went to Oak Grove. Yeah, exciting. Man, I, got, I got nervous when I got there because it was like that mist and rain. Oh, yeah. And I thought, man, if it does this the whole time. Mm. Oh, my mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh, my goodness. Yeah. Did you see where I was sitting? Uh, Yeah, you were to my left, probably a few, few rows down. Mm-hmm. I was right in the middle of like. I don't mean this in a derogatory way towards these gentlemen, if any of them are gravy babies. But I'm <laughs> <laughs> So Greg Davis was sitting right there close to me. Yeah. And he and I were right in the middle of the old man section. Oh. <laughs> Which you mean I, opinionated be, section? Can I be honest with you? It's the most I've enjoyed a football game this year. <laughs> what? No. Why do you, why I, can you only up? I can only Sorry. imagine what they said. Oh, it was great though. I enjoyed it. I bet they caught they coached the whole time. Not yeah. really, not really. They didn't. It was just like. But I'll be honest. Like some of their insight was like, wow, I hadn't thought about that. Mm. I mean, when you've seen when you've seen you know sixty three seasons of high school football, <laughs> it's like you know you pick up a few things. You pick yeah. up a few yeah. things. Yeah, it's like no, nah, I'm just I'm just teasing. They weren't that old, but they they were they were. They were fun. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed talking to them. Mm. So if you're looking for me at the next game, that's probably where I'll be. You're looking for that section. Sitting with the yeah. old man. <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations to Corner. They mm-hmm. uh, broke a school record being 7-0 and for the first time. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. School history. Congratulations to them. Yeah. That <laughs> was very quiet. <laughs> we have a like <laughs> – this is a subdued tone today. Woo-hoo. Way to go. What did, did, did Joey you, just sounds like an old lady. Did, you, were, you, were try, you were trying to do the chipmunk voice. Uh. <laughs> Way to go. Way to go, corner jackets. Go. <laughs> See, you're trying to do it. You realize how the you, you realize how the effect works, right? 
I do get like, it. Like, you just talk normal. I did not know you were doing the effects. You so. just talk normal. And, and then when you bash the thing, it makes you sound, sound like this. So Okay. <laughs> Appreciate the lesson. <laughs> oh, I'm teasing. Anyway. Yeah, they were. That was a, it's a good start. Yeah. That was a that was one of the more complete games they've played. Is this show just turning into like a, a Friday night recap? <laughs> kind of. It's football season. Yeah. It really is. We'll move on to something else. <laughs> mm. Well, we could talk about the band. We could talk about the volleyball team. I mean Yeah, here volleyball's going well. Yeah, they county champs right now. <laughs> I noticed how you covered all your angry parents on <laughs> my what? No, it's like because you know you get in that situation. It's like anytime oh, you say something about one leave group, somebody you leave yeah. somebody else out. Yeah, yeah. it's like I just like out of humor. I wanted to, I wanted to yell from the back of the room. What about the Beta Club? <laughs> <laughs> like I just wanted to, <laughs> just to mess with you, and I think I would have got a good laugh if I said it. <laughs> Because you were like, shout out to the football team, shout out to the band, shout out to the volleyball team. <laughs> what about the beta club, you jerk? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> oh, my goodness, man. <laughs> what would you have done? That would have got a laugh. <laughs> I, I, I don't just, know. Some people probably wouldn't have understood my sense of humor. They would have just been like, who's this guy? <laughs> you, <laughs> Is that the guy that dresses up every Halloween? <laughs> what's, what's he doing? Yeah. That's, that's a, that guy sounds like Terry Pines. <laughs> <laughs> we got to talk about that, though. We do. What? The dress up. Yes. We need to work that in. We're going to... Mm-hmm. So last year, before Trunk or Treat, maybe, maybe we should save this till the end. I don't know. But we don't have to. We just talk about it now. We've got, <laughs> got Trunk or Treat coming up on October 29th. And so last year, we let the listeners of Sunday Gravy choose my Halloween costume. Mm-hmm. And so last year, they chose between Teen Wolf, Frodo, maybe. I think it was. Does that sound right? Mm-hmm. I think it was Frodo. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was two or three. So we were I, we were thinking kind of along the same lines this year. And so I wanted to put it out there to see if anybody had. If you had some suggestions, like if you suggest something and we're just like, oh, yeah, that's amazing. Like, we'll just go with that. But mm-hmm. <laughs> we need to do a poll. So we'll put a poll out on social media, on Instagram is the easiest place mm-hmm. for us to do a poll. So we'll put a poll on Instagram. That lets you vote on my Halloween costume. So, the ones we were thinking was Elvis, mm-hmm. Captain Jack Sparrow, <laughs> or Ricky Bobby. Those are good choices, good yeah. options. You got anything else you want to throw in? I like those. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. We'll throw up, we'll put those out there because um, I don't really, I usually don't participate in a trunk. I'm usually just kind of floating around. But, you know, like last year it just occurred to me, it was like, there's no reason I can't be floating around in costume. Mm-hmm. And that's why I went for the Teen Wolf thing. So, so this year we'll let you guys vote again. So whatever you'd like to see me dressed up as and, you know, whatever you think would be most embarrassing, me dr- dressed as Elvis Presley. A full 
Captain Jack Sparrow get up or a full Ricky Bobby? <laughs> Wonder Bread driver. Does it come with full imitations and all that too? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. I'll be in character all night. Mm. Mm. Just keep that in mind as you're voting. Yeah. <laughs> Just like last year. I'm just saying there are some that have gates and <laughs> fences and others don't. <laughs> just like last year when I was in I was in Teen Wolf all night. I'm, uh, you know, walking around dribbling the basketball. I rode home on the roof of a car. <laughs> Surfed home, you know. You, oh, I know. You remember, right. I, I know. <laughs> anyway. Mm. So, yeah. Go out there and vote for that. The other interesting things that are happening. Say what? I know we're not like super joyful this morning. I think it's because we're tired from unloading all those groceries. But <laughs> and eating <laughs> yeah, breakfast we did. afterwards. And we did eat breakfast <laughs> afterwards. So we're kind of in, in a coma. So I'm about to drag us down even further. We didn't further. just eat breakfast. I mean, we met... Like we got busy. Yeah, right, we right, had right. a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we had a conversation. We, we accomplished some things too. Yeah. So here here's a this is a depressing story, okay? Mm. But I kind of wanted to read it because all right, well. I'll just read the headline. One hundred and four year old woman dies before Guinness can confirm her record as oldest skydiver. Read that one more time. Oh, she died. One hundred—that's <laughs> what I said. One hundred, one hundred four-year-old woman dies before Guinness can confirm her record as oldest skydiver. Like the I, trombone, don't even—it's like not even—it's not even sad enough. No, it's not sad enough. There needs I just, to, we I, need like a like a, somebody crying. Like wow. that is yeah. awful. Like all right, so that's why I said I wanted to read this story, but I didn't want to read this story. Mm-hmm. Well, I had already read the story a week or two ago whenever she did it, saying that she was jumping for the world record. Are you serious? Yeah. You read about the same lady? Yeah. 104-year-old woman has passed a little more than a week after she had potentially broken the world record as the oldest ever skydiver. Dorothy Hoffner jumped from 13,500 feet from a plane with the group Skydive Chicago out of Ottawa, Illinois on October 1st. She died in her sleep Monday at Brook, Brookdale Senior Living Center. That is that is sad. <laughs> the associates at Brook, Brookdale Lakeview are deeply saddened by the passing of our resident, Dorothy Hoffner. The statement said, we were thrilled to see her continue to live with passion and purpose. Skydiving earlier this month at 104 years old, and ultimately proving that age is just a number. She will be greatly missed by our community. All right. Here's the last part of the story, and I'll get y'all's comments. Uh, Guinness World Records is still working to confirm if Hoffner actually broke the record for the oldest person to jump from a plane. I'm like, what's up, Guinness? Like get get off your rear ends. What do you need? Don't they print those in a book? Like just look. (laughs) I just read. Well, I guess they're looking. What do you need? I mean, don't they video the skydiving? I don't know. Yeah, there was all they need is her on video, video footage. Yeah. The current record belongs to a lady from. uh, Well, I don't know if it's a lady. It doesn't say. 
but the current record belongs to I think it's a lady, Linnea Inengard Larson of Sweden, who was 103 when she made a jump in 2022. Mm. So this is the <laughs> oldest skydiver race that's going on. <laughs> it sounds like the article is there to put some blowback on, Guinness. put some heat on yeah. Guinness yeah, to get like, them hey, to do it. Let's go, man! Can't believe you took yeah. a whole week. Yeah, quit sitting on your hands. Let's get up. Let's do this thing. Well, when you're 104, you can't go. Hey, I'll see you next week. Like, <laughs> I know I'm coming tomorrow. But you know what's sad? You know about what it? I'm saying? Like, it's like every day so is I think a blessing. It, you know, they're expecting her to uh, to be confirmed, right? All right. Yeah. So she will go down. But I don't know if this other person is still living. Will they go then go back out and jump again to like? When was their record set? Last year. Oh. So they could be. I don't know. <sighs> would they, That'd be though? cold, though. Would they, though? That would be cold. That would be cold. But at the same time, it's like, mm. I okay, at the same time, though, if you're this if other lady from Sweden, you're like, well, I skydived when I was 103, so she was cold for breaking mine. You know what I mean? Yeah, but in a way, it's like yeah, the, let me have the record. First lady for... didn't die right after she exactly. went for the record, and then it's like I know. It's, well, I don't I know, know that. Like at 104, think about this: at 104, you're jumping out of a plane at 13,000 feet. I don't even know what the speed gets up to. You know, as far as like, yeah, you know. You know, the actual velocity coming down mm-hmm. and the wind resistance and all that stuff. But you going you're gonna endure that <laughs> and then lay down in a soft, comfortable bed and just go. You know what I'm saying? Like that to me, that is like, well, I've checked all my boxes. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> the bucket list is full. <laughs> I, I found the article from June of twenty twenty two when the when the first lady from Sweden broke the record, but it doesn't say mm. if she's passed or not. Mm. Interesting. Hmm. And now a bunch of stories are linking the two of them together. Yeah. Well, all right then. What she should do is she should skydive on the same, like it, whatever day she turns the same exact age as Dorothy was when she did the skydive. Hmm. She should skydive on that day, and then they can jointly hold the record. Hold the record. So, do I know how to make a movie or in the ending or what? <laughs> and she it's a very should, notebook of you. I know, and she <laughs> should have a flag flying that says Dorothy forever when she as she's falling. <laughs> or just do it on that day and don't wear a parachute. Blake. <laughs> That's awful. That's terrible. But seriously, she should do it on that day, the same day that whatever age Dorothy was, and then they can hmm. joint jointly hold the record. Hmm. I can't. Hmm. I don't, I mean, hmm. the getting over the fear of like, have you have either of y'all skydived before? Never. No. Yeah, I haven't. My father in law has. I haven't either. You know, we had a group of guys that went from here one yeah. time, and I was supposed to go with them, and then I bailed. <laughs> he said, "Nope." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I told him, I was like, "I'd rather bail on you now than in the plane." <laughs> so, 
So, so when the group of guys were going to climb Kilimanjaro, yeah, and then coronavirus took us out, yeah, would you have bailed if Corona hadn't taken us out? No, because I'd been training. Okay. Well, I say I'd been jogging. <laughs> he went, <laughs> and by jogging, he means he went for a run. Yeah. I'd been, tra- I'd, been I, I'd been climbing the back of my house. No. Over and over. He's been walking his neighborhood and running when the dogs come after him. <laughs> yeah. I'd been I'd been training. <laughs> I was I was doing my altitude training. I, I had gotten me a mask. Did you have one of those masks? That I yeah, that like oh restricts your breathing. But I yeah. was like <laughs> I'd been jogging and I was to the point where it was like I don't think I'm in good enough shape yet to put that mask on. So I was like, like one day, one day I went with it, and, then, and I walked to the end of the driveway wearing the mask, and I would normally start running at the end of the driveway. Mm-hmm. And by the time I got to the end of the driveway, I slid that mask up on my head because I was like, I can't run. With it. <laughs> so I was running down the road with a mask on my forehead. That's funny. <laughs> But it made yeah. me feel awesome to wear that thing. I felt like Bane on Batman. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I, that, that's the image I have. I was born in the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what he sounds like. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was... That's I really a sad story, man. I know. I didn't want to read it, but... That's really know. a sad story. If you were 104 mm-hmm. and you knew that that was going to... You knew that that skydiving trip was going to be your last hurrah. And they were going to let you hold a sign that had a message on it for the world. What would it say? Think about it. You're going out. Mm. You're going out. You're talking about if I went without a parachute? No, I wouldn't do that. No, that's, no, that's no. like, yeah, that's not good. I'm just saying you just knew it was your last jump. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, to me, <laughs> it would be like, to me, saying? that's the best part of living is when you get so old, you don't you care anymore. Anything. And you can say anything and get away with it. I like how you said last two raw. That's what all right, I'm about to throw my wife under the bus. She don't listen. Uh every time <laughs> every time my wife says she's gonna go on a diet. Mm, oh, oh like she she'll has be a, she has the last two raw? Well, she'll be eating something like <laughs> I'm, terrible, I'm, you know, and I'll be like I thought you were going on a you're you're out. I'm out. <laughs> Let me know when the segment's over. I'll be back. <laughs> but she'll say she'll be eating something awful. I was like, I thought you were going on a diet. And she was like, This is my last two raw. <laughs> and then so now <laughs> Every time she's eating something awful, I'll say, is this your last two raw? And she'll just kind of grin and nod her head, yeah. So I was thinking about getting her like a big gluttonous like ice cream bowl that says last two raw on it. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Nice. I've said that before. I think I bought her like a giant chocolate bar one time and wrote last two raw on there. Mm. The boys have threatened. They're like, hey, Dad, go to the gym when we go. I don't, don't want to go to the gym right now. And they're like, so when are you starting your program? I'm like, oh. so that's my famous line. I'm starting my program next week. And so they're, they're going to make a T-shirt that says, uh, I'm starting my program next week. Nice. Yeah. Last hoorah. Everything changes next week, right? <laughs> All right. Well, I was trying to think of a clever segue. Y'all got one. Mm. <laughs> Let's just fall right into it. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> the uh, sermon from <laughs> yesterday. 
part three of the Informed series. Yeah, I feel like we're in the molasses yeah. swamp of Candyland. Yeah, like it's go get us all a cup of coffee and come back. We're sorry, people. Listen, because we're <laughs> this may go down as the worst episode ever. <laughs> no, man, we'll rebound. Are you saying there's worse than this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's get into the message. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the third part of our series on spiritual warfare. Mm. And this week we talked about the armor itself. The mm. belt, the breast plate, I'm and the shoes. <laughs> and the shoes. Right, correct? Those are the three parts. The belt, yes. the, belt the breast plate, and the shoes. Oh, by the way, I've got a story about the shoes, but anyway, keep going. <laughs> I was I was in first service. I didn't even notice until uh, after church. Did you no, do that in no, second service? No, no, no. Did you change it, the illustration? It has nothing to do with the sermon. Okay. It is totally after I left the church. I'll tell you. I'll tell you when we get there. Okay. Okay. Uh, it was from, we were doing Ephesians 6, verses 14 and 15. Mm. Do one of y'all have that, or do I need to look it up? I think you're going to have to look at it. Okay. I'll look it up. We should prepare better for reading scripture on this podcast. Nobody ever (laughs) has it it pulled up. I got it. I got it right here. All right. Verse 14 says, Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Yep. You said how to be properly dressed for the week to come. Mm. And the first point was tuck in your shirt. <laughs> I know yeah. you're not a tuck in guy. Yeah, I've seen you with your shirt tucked in before. Yeah, did y'all's? Did your mom, when you were like a kid, always tell you to tuck in your yes. shirt? Yes, yes. Mm. So did my mom. Have you ever tucked in your shirt and didn't have a belt? Yes, but it's it looks weird. It mm-hmm. looks extremely weird. You look out of place. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> I like the story you told about your your suit, yeah, being tailored, and mm-hmm. then my uh, one lone suit. That's all I have is one. Really, I only have one suit. Now I've got like some blazers I can mix ma- mix match with, yeah, you know, khakis or jeans or mm-hmm. something like that. But as far as an absolute suit, just one. It's just one. There is only one. <laughs> I think I only have one now. That fits me. Really? Yeah. What color is yours? It's uh, it's kind it's of like a charcoal gray. Yeah, charcoal gray kind of. Yeah. Mine's it, black, black. Oh, really? Yeah, I look like men in black. <laughs> yep. Sunglasses. Wider, yeah. To go. Okay. Skinny tie. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know why I chose to go with a skinny tie. <clears throat> Listen, it's not a good look for me, but at the same time. Now, a regular tie yeah. makes you look dated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it, it? Oh, it does. Oh, it does. Did you did you ever bolo? What? A bolo tie? Bolo tie. Remind me of that? The, yeah, I, rem- I know the term, but what is that? Remind me. It's, oh, is, that, is that like the rope? Yeah, it's like the rope. It looks rope like a cowboy? Goes, it go, yeah, it goes through like a, mm-hmm. a gym of some sort, and then it hangs uh, down. I never mm-hmm. tried that hard. I wasn't that weird. <laughs> did you know there was a— You had a bolo tie? There's a dude on game day. If that you were wears bolo, a bolo, I'd make fun of you. Do you have a bolo tie? I do not have a bolo tie. I did it one time because they were popular. Mm-mm. But um, I have. But I, I mean, have, think about it. If you wear a full suit with a bolo tie, 
I mean, you could literally pull it off and like, like, yeah, I'm the sheriff here in New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do. I'm have, the town mayor. I do have multiple bow ties, though. Yeah, I don't have a single have, bow tie. I have a navy bow tie. Mm-mm. I have a like a blue blue bow tie. I have a black bow tie, and I have a yellow bow tie. To me, that's shocking because yeah. you would never wear a bow tie. I have. I have a. I have one that's like a really good look. That's like I have some navy pants, white shirt, navy bow tie, and then a seersucker jacket. You know what I'm talking about? Look, you like bought Barbara. that stuff back when you were in the Church of God, didn't you? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how they taught me. See, see the bow tie, buy the bow tie, wear the bow tie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that because I used to be Church of God. I didn't get yeah. away with it. Yeah. But that's what I... <laughs> Philip's coming after you. It's all right. I, uh, Come get him, Philip. <laughs> yeah, I did. No, I had uh, I had a bow tie. Some, I had to get a bow tie for a wedding once that we were all wearing bow ties. And then um, after that, I just started wearing them a lot. Hmm. But I haven't worn one in a long time. And two of them are like tie bow tie. Like you have to tie them. And that's like nearly impossible. <laughs> yeah. I like I like, I like how verse 14 says it. Stand firm then with the <laughs> bolo tie buckled around your neck. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, <clears throat> you were talking about the belt though when you yeah. said tuck in your shirt yes uh, and because you said the lady had given you this really nice belt to go with the suit and said uh, if you wear this belt you have to tuck in your shirt because this belt is designed to be seen mm-hmm. yeah <clears throat> I like that mm-hmm. the point was that the belt of truth is designed to be seen mm-hmm it's more than just holding up your pants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Keep yourself from tripping on yourself. Yeah. After that, you start talking about um, people lying. Was that right? Yeah. Yes. White <laughs> yeah. lies. There, that um, that got really sketchy in there. I got. There's a lot of people. <laughs> a lot of people elbowing each other. Oh my goodness! Oh, I knew it would. Who's the biggest liar? Y'all. in y'all's family. Who's the biggest liar? <laughs> no, I have the best story. Who's the biggest liar? Who's the biggest liar? You have My four-year-old, by far. <laughs> <laughs> Easily. Mm. <clears throat> Who's the biggest I, liar in your family? I think my dog, straight up. What? <laughs> your dog? Who's the biggest liar? Come on, throw somebody under the bus. I'll throw somebody under the bus. Uh, biggest liar is probably Tyson. Really? I, you know, I would say he doesn't lie to get away. He lies to be funny. You know what I'm saying? So he does a lot yeah. of that. Yeah. Same. Yeah. That's I'm super guilty of that. Yeah. I'll just make up ridiculous <laughs> things to see if mm-hmm. I can get people to believe it. <laughs> like I'll be like, dude, what did you do with my charger, my phone charger? Dad, I didn't get it. Like that. And I'm just like, Yes, you did. You got, I saw you get it. And he's like, I did not get it. Mm-hmm. Like that. And you know, and he'll just he'll argue with me and he'll come up with something where He'll, he, you know, he'll be like, I didn't get it. I borrowed it. You know, like, mm-hmm. so he's all the time. No, mine's like, stuff like mine's that. not stuff like that. It's more just like ridiculous, like make up some random fact to see if I can get people to believe it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> For a long time, I was, uh, oh, and I think I told the story about me, like telling the kids that we were doing a VBS and the theme was breakfast cereal. 
Do y'all remember that? <laughs> no. I think oh, I do. Oh, you told your kids that. Yeah, I yes, told my kids I do that. remember that. <clears throat> I told Cass one time that uh, when they were building a new Walmart in some area, that it was it was going to be the first ever two story Walmart, and they were going to sell cars. <laughs> she believed it. So I'll just random. I'll think of something while I'm sitting around, <laughs> yeah. and then I'll do it as though I'm seeing it in a news post. Right. You know, like everybody's sitting around the house, like. Uh-huh. Two or three people are watching TV. Two people are on their phone or whatever, that kind of thing. And I'll have my phone in my hand and I'll have a funny thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I'll just put my phone down and I'll be like, did y'all see that where Walmart's going to start selling cars? <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> like in so everybody. What you're saying is you're the biggest liar in your house. Oh, for sure. Oh, by far. Without question, you can yeah. ask anybody in my house mm. and they'll tell you. Okay. Now, so, it's, it's usually that. Like, it's stuff yeah. like that. So check this out. My 12-year-old did not even make it to church yesterday. So he did not hear the sermon, right? Uh-huh. So yesterday evening, we're talking with a friend, and we're getting ready to leave the place we're at. And I was like, all right, well, I got to get home and help Matt with dinner, so we're going to go. It's like, all right, see you later. We walk out of the building, and my son goes, I thought Dad was making chicken and dumplings. And I said, while we were here. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, you just said you had to help Dad with dinner. And I was Ooh. like, Oh, I didn't even realize I did that. Is that terrible? Oh, you just lied. For no reason. Mm. None. Mm. I literally was just making conversation and no, being like, was, okay, right. we gotta like go. The, uh, is it, it, what insurance, is it progressive that does the uh, video where the guy comes running up and they do a... Oh, you know, the replay? Yeah, the replay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> the replay flag. <laughs> the little girl throws the yes. red flag because she says, you said you didn't like her and you didn't want to watch the game with yeah. her. That's the kind of stuff Tyson will do. And I do do oh, that, yeah. like where you'll do something and then somebody calls you on it and be like, that's not what I said. And then you'll come in and go so hard in the paint that yes. you'll make them start doubting that. You're basically gaslighting. Yes. That's, what you're doing. That's, that's all you're doing. Yes. yes. Making them doubt their self. But how many times do you do you think to yourself, if I had video of that moment, <clears throat> I would be so exonerated, you know? <laughs> but then you go, you start thinking, well, maybe not. I don't maybe. That's what I felt like today when yeah. I told that lady, sometimes we put meat in that blueberry freezer. <laughs> Sorry. Tiffany saw it go down. Like she saw was, the, saw the moment wash over me where I was like, <laughs> she looked at me and she was like, this is the blueberry freezer. Uh, uh, she don't listen to the podcast. I'm she fine with does. it. I'm fine with it being the blueberry freezer. If that's where we need to put blueberries, then so be it. She didn't She didn't know you had a microphone. That's what it was. She, <laughs> she, if she knew you had a microphone, <laughs> you're, you should have said, you're you should have looked at her and said, listen, Madam Blueberry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Joey's the one that went because I did get a little bit of an attitude because I was kind of almost like I wanted to say, well, when when I bought that freezer and I set it there, <laughs> oh. it, you know what I mean? Like, and I set yeah. it there, wow. so that went real prideful. Wow. That Joey <laughs> Joey called me out, you're, but he was sort of, but he was being sort of serious. He was he went like straight Chronicles of Narnia. Don't lecture me about the law, which I was here when it was written. <laughs> <laughs> Our oh, depravity man. is coming out. <laughs> All right, I already uh, know the title of today's podcast. What is it? One hundred and four year old blueberries. <laughs> hundred and four blueberries. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> They're probably about that old, to be honest. <laughs>
Oh my goodness, I love it. But the point was Saban lab- Saban. <laughs> I literally <laughs> typed Saban in my notes. If you don't believe me, Are you yeah, instead auto-correct. of Satan, I think it auto-corrected yeah. because I it typed may have Satan labors hard to make you a liar just like him. Yeah, yeah. I've I, mm. I've just had this line with my kids. I've always said, "You'll never look more like Satan than, than when you lie, and you will never look more like Jesus than when you give yourself away." And so, sorry, I haven't so, my mic. I you know I just feel like I feel like a lot of people don't understand that. You know, it's like you know holding on to that's really what lying is is holding on to the truth. You know, and not mm-hmm. giving it away, not releasing it. And so that's one of the things that you know I. I feel it's so important to understand about the belt of truth is is for, you know, someone like giving up the truth versus holding on to it. That's going to be more of a Jesus thing. That's what Jesus did because mm-hmm. Jesus could have easily held back the truth, but he would quickly call them whitewashed tombs. He would call them, you know, whatever. And um, and so he was he was he was not afraid to do that, but holding on to the truth because maybe your circumstances require a little or even a, maybe more deception, um, that's going to be more of a devil thing than a Jesus thing. Yeah. And, and that was kind of the mindset is that, um, you know, when you put on that belt belt of truth, you're, you know, you're representing Christ by being truthful. Mm-hmm. And if you're lying, then you're, you're not representing Christ. You know, and and that was the whole premise was you don't have to lie because he's no longer your father. He is the father of lies, as uh, you know John eight tells us. But you know, you certainly don't have to lie. And I I, I just find it so crazy that people believers pl- believers that look you square in the eye and say yes I I am a blood bought born again Bible believing Christian mm-hmm. and yeah. they will lie and I have to go to home your and help face. my husband with or dinner. Well, or they'll lie to their spouse or they'll lie to their children. Yeah. And and that's kind of why I said what I said Sunday about if you lie to those you love, there's nothing in the Bible that's going to call that an act of love. You know, that mm-hmm. is not an act of love. And um, and so, you know, as followers of Christ, I think we just have to we have to be willing to just kind of take it on the chin sometimes because reality is what reality is, you know. Yeah. I know that's a I know that's a heavy loaded statement, but yeah, you said. Uh, I got the microphone. So. We put, we put on the belt of truth by putting away falsehoods, and that was from Ephesians four twenty five. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't have that verse in front of me. I don't know if you do. Um, it is. Uh, Which man? You really jumped down. Did I? Yeah. What did I jump? Did he? I don't think he did. Yeah, I I felt like. No, I've got Ephesians four twenty five there too. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I jumped down. My bad. You jumped down. I jumped down. I'm what is, sorry. What's Ephesians 4.25 say? It says, therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. Yeah. For we're all members of one body. I don't know why I thought this in the message uh, at that moment, but I wrote down, this is a really hard thing to consider as, a, as someone in ministry when you tie in the idea of also being above reproach. Mm. I don't know why I thought that in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just feel like, and I think that's kind of really what the belt of truth combats is your 
reasoning and justification for whatever's coming out of your mouth or for whatever deception or, you know, storyline you're having to keep up. And I think that is very true for ministers. Yeah. And I, I didn't, I wasn't thinking about it in the sense of if you're a minister, you shouldn't lie. Duh. But it was, I think it was, I don't know what angle I was coming at that from. It was something that you said around there in the neighborhood of the Ephesians 4 thing that mm-hmm. I wrote that down. Um, but from there, you, you kind of transitioned to, you know, talking about living in truth. You told the story of the guy, uh, you know, who had cheated on his wife. Mm-hmm. And then many years had passed by, and then he had surrendered his life to Christ. And then you were, you know, he'd basically asking, you know, what should I do? Should I tell her about it? You know, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Yeah. I thought that was good. That's a That was a really good, really good illustration. Mm. Um, the quote that I wrote down from from that and the story ended, you know, him basically going and con- confessing only to find out that she knew the all along. Yeah, she had thing. already forgiven him. Yeah. But the quote that I wrote down from that section of the message was it's hard to lose a spiritual battle when the truth is all out, is out there for everyone to see. Yeah. So Yeah. It's it's just easier to battle if you don't have to stay back and defend, mm-hmm. you know. So one way to look at that is like maybe a game of capture the flag, you know. Are you going to be the, on the offensive to, you know, to go take the other opponent's flag? Right. Or, or do you stay back and protect your own? And, and I think that's just a perfect, you know, picture of like, okay, hey, you know, I can't really, I can't really put myself out there. I, I don't really want to go. I can't be on the offensive because I've got too many secrets. I've got to, I got to defend. I've got mm-hmm. too many things that I got to. I got I got a whole persona that I got to keep up for people and stuff. I tell you where this gets big, especially with people in the ministry, mm-hmm. would be with their families. Um, I think so many folks in the ministry become extremely insensitive to their families because their families are giving them a black eye for one reason or another, and it's like you know don't don't you don't you ever tell anybody that yeah. I did that, mm-hmm. or don't you ever tell anybody you sure. know. And stuff, and and it's like like to your point, Tiff. You know, Kyle's looking at you, going, "Well, you're not going to help Dad cook." Yeah. You know, even though that was kind of like a an escape hatch. Yeah. You know, and and I, I I just feel like that is huge in the ministry world where we know we live in a glass house, so we try to keep a a wrap on our family so that they don't do something that's embarrassing to the ministry mm-hmm. or embarrassing, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you, and I mean, in the world we live in today, I mean, that social media, you know, can be vicious um, mm-hmm. when sure. things get out. And so I could see where a minister or somebody trying to protect, you know, what they do for a living, I could see where they would justify in their mind, you know, well, we're going to lie about that. Yeah. You know, and I think that that is a very slippery slope because mm-hmm. they believe they'll protect more they'll protect more people in the process. Yeah, yeah. it's like I'll take that hit, but I'm going to you know, for every little white lie I'm telling to stay mm-hmm. intact, I'm going to be able to impact hundreds, you know, or whatever. Right. Yeah. And so, but I, I just don't think that that is ministerially, no. you know. Yeah. I I think it's most definitely something that we all 
struggle with. And I think it's really the battle, losing the battle with Satan, because that's ultimately what he wants you to do. He labors hard to get you to cover up your sins, but that is not who we are as Christians. Mm -hmm. Uh, As followers of Christ, we don't cover our sins. We confess them. Mm -hmm. And if we don't, then there's a major issue with what we think Christianity is. Well, and I, I think what got me about that conversation yesterday was the fact that it was such an innocent lie. Mm. But it was also kind of pointless. Mm. Like, I don't know why yeah, I said it yeah. in the moment. Because you could have got out of there without saying that. Yeah, like it didn't have to happen. So mm. then I was like, well, if I if I didn't get called out on that, if I didn't pay attention to that little, those mm. little ones, yeah. then mm-hmm. they eventually become big ones. Yeah. Right. And so that's where the slippery slope is. Yeah. Like, yeah. It starts out where you, where you think it's innocent. I think that's, you know, everyone in ministry, though, kind of back to your point, is like sort of their worst nightmare of like falling, you know, because like practicing what we preach kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. also, you know, falling into that trap of, you know, you're a Christian everywhere but home. Yeah. Mm. That's like really heavy. Yeah. But I I think back to that, you know, to that quote that you said about it's hard to lose a spiritual battle when the truth is all out there for everyone to see, I think that's so important for people to understand. That's what true freedom is. Yeah, true freedom is when you don't have anything to hide. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I've, I, I literally believe that's kind of what was really symbolically going on there when David danced naked before the Lord. You know, like right. I, I felt like there was some freedom there. And what is that freedom? That freedom is is God has every right to squash me like a bug. Yeah. And yet he he lifts me up. He's my fortress. He's mm-hmm. my fortitude. He's everything. And and so I feel like that um, you know, if you get to the point where you don't have any secrets, and we know Proverbs tells us secrets make us sick kind of stuff. Right. But um, think about it. Without a lie or deception going on in your life, without if you if if that is not going on at any point in your life, I can say for a fact, at least in that moment, Satan has no dumpster fire in your life to keep throwing his garbage into you. Yeah, like you know what I'm saying. Like there's no nail to hang it on, mm-hmm. and so um, so I I just feel like you know to the point, you know. That's what I mean when I say tuck your shirt in and mm-hmm. let the belt of truth show. Yeah. Like, speak the truth. Speak the truth in love. You know, put that put that out there. Speak truthfully, and you're going to be fine because right. you're the devil is no longer your father. So there's no need to lie. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that may have been where I was going with the whole above reproach thing mm. because when you started talking about that, you know, that it just really resonated with me in terms of like, like that's. That's the strongest argument for Jesus for his deity for yeah. his, is the fact of like <clears throat> you know talking about the family thing, right? If somebody in your household right now stood up and said, "I'm the son of God," <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what would everyone's response be to it? Right. You know, but uh, we live with you, bro. <laughs> you so you might want to drop that. Yeah. Ad. yeah. <laughs> You're definitely not the son of God. Yes. <laughs> but, I heard what you yelled at the TV. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But Jesus did that. I mean, think about that. Jesus did that, and everybody was like, "You know what? We think you're right." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, we think you're right. <laughs> I mean, think about that. That's crazy. Like, that is crazy to think yeah. about. And uh, 
and it says the, a lot about it. <laughs> exa- exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's probably one of the strongest arguments for his deity is sure. the way his family responded to him. Yeah, because nobody and, knows you better than your family. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think about that, though, and that's that's kind of what I was getting at as far as, like, the above reproachness is, like, um, the people who have the greatest impacts are people like that. I have mm-hmm. a um, a friend who's you know, uh, that I grew up with, went to church with and stuff like that. And his dad was always like that really positive and still is positive Christian influence in a bunch of our boys, you know, boys' lives as we were growing up. And um, I remember like the first time I went home with them, like after church to like Mm -hmm. eat lunch or whatever and to spend the night or something like that. And it was like, oh, man. Ricky's like the same here as he is at church. Mm-hmm. Like that's where, because at church he was like this big, like, you know, just loud guy, always cutting up with everybody, joking around, you know, that kind of thing. And it's like, oh, you're the same, like mm-hmm. everywhere. That's who you are. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and I I have some, some advice for anybody sitting out there, minister or believer, um, no matter where you fall on that scale, let me just say, you know, a lot of times we will we will make it a vertical and horizontal issue. And believe it or not, lying, it falls into that same category. Mm-hmm. So I know that it's easy for us to go, you know what? God knows me. Yeah. He knows I'm a liar. He knows, you know, he knows my sins, but he still forgives me. He still loves me. And and um, so I've got that vertical part down. It's this horizontal thing with others that I'm struggling with. Yeah. And and so I think a lot of people, um, I think a lot of people are missing what the Bible says about that her, you know, vertical horizontal thing. And that is, you know, like for instance, I know God loves me and I love God and it's so great. It's just the people around me that I can't stand. Well, you know, that's not going to fly. When the scripture is very clear that they know that you are mm-hmm. disciples of Christ mm-hmm. by the love that you have for one another, yeah. mm-hmm. so your horizontal relationships and things that are going on horizontally are really reflective of a true reflection of what's going on vertically. Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is, is just be careful playing that game where you think, okay, you know, where you lie to somebody. But secretly you go, okay, I shouldn't have done that. God, forgive me. Right. Instead of going back to that person, person and say, say hey. hey, I'm sorry. This is going to be extremely embarrassing for me, but I just lied to you. Yeah. That's going to do far greater things for your relationship with, with God yeah. than just going, ah, forgive me, Lord. Yeah. You know? Well, that's what, like Jesus said it, love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and, you know, and strength. And then a second is like it. Mm-hmm. As in it's yes. so tightly connected, it can't be separated. Yes. Love your neighbor as yourself. You like can't that. connect those two. Yeah. They're, they, that's what he said. You a, can't be honest with God and lie to others. Right. You that's just what can't I'm saying. do that. He said a second is like it. Isn't, yeah. In other words, it's like you can't have one without the other. Mm. They actually are mutually exclusive. That's it. All right. That's it. I'll start. Wendy Lucas, I'm sorry I lied about the chicken and dumplings. Ah! <laughs> That was to Wendy. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was Wendy Lucas, and she was gonna know too. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Yeah, and she she she'll actually so listen good. to this. She does. Oh, she she does. on occasion. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. oh. All right. We gotta move on wow. to point number two because okay. yeah. point number two. All right. Point number two is in my wheelhouse. Like this got into some doctrinal stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. This gets kind of mm-hmm. yeah. So number number two is don't layer up. Essentially talking about. 
you know, Satan wants us to think that we are all we need, that we can rely on ourselves for everything. Yeah. Right. right. That, in other words, he wants us to use our own righteousness, put it forward as opposed to Christ's righteousness. Yeah. That's kind of what you were talking about in yeah. a nutshell because— Because that's how Satan wants you to rebel against God. Right. Yeah. Because he knows our righteousness won't hold up. Yeah. Right? The, it will fail. That, you know, but the— but the righteousness of man, like it's it's grow it's growing, it's snowballing, it's becoming more haughty, more cocky, and that's true. That's true, like globally, you know, just in, mm. in, within mankind. Period. But that's mm-hmm. al- also always true about every single one of us in our own heart. Is it's constantly growing and becoming more haughty and more cocky, yep. and that's why you have to every day crucify mm. the flesh. Right. Yeah. All right. So, um, <clears throat> and we resist this by putting on the breastplate of righteousness, meaning, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Christ righteousness, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, you defined, uh, you gave two definitions for righteousness, like just a general definition for righteousness and then a biblical definition for righteousness. Righteousness being the quality or state of being morally correct or justifiable, basically. Uh, biblical righteousness being the quality of being right in the eyes of God, mm. which would essentially be the same thing as regular righteousness, except it's not ours, it's Christ's. Yeah. So yeah. therefore, we are right in the eyes of God. Yeah, the regular definition would be righteousness in the eyes of man. Right. Mm-hmm. And so man determines what is morally correct and what is justifiable. Right. And uh, and, and I just have to say this, because I saw this this morning, talking about a perfect example of, of people who do that, where they live in their own self-righteousness, they create their own reality in their minds. Um, they were, uh, you know, we got all these Palestinian protests going on all over the world, and we got them everywhere in America as well. Mm-hmm. And so one news correspondent, I saw it, uh, they went up to one of the protesters and said, you know, it, it, by being a part of this protest, are you saying that you agree with babies being killed in their cribs and people being, uh, you know, elderly slaughtered in front of their families? Do you do you agree with this genocide of people? And uh, literally, this is what the the protester said she looked back at the correspondence she said none of that happened it's all fake it's fake news like people are protesting and they literally believe in their minds that it never happened mm. like that uh that fox correspondent uh yankster i can't remember his that is his last name mm-hmm. can't remember his name but they she mentioned him and she's like he's not even in Israel he's in his backyard like they have turned this into we've never conspiracy been to the moon theory. we've never been to the moon like yeah. NASA's it's all a conspiracy right yeah. and so that's my point is like that's the righteousness of man like they get to determine what is reality and what is not well unfortunately that's become the case in society on both sides of yeah. the aisle with, oh, I agree. Ev- with every with issue everything. I agree yeah, it's I basically agree. like if I disagree with what you're saying, you know, on on any premise of it whatsoever, then we're not in. You're not entitled to nuance, and the conversation is not entitled yeah. to nuance. Mm-hmm. Instead, yeah. it's just if I in, if I disagree with any premise of that whatsoever, exactly. You know what I mean? Then immediately I can label everything that you said as fake news. Yeah, on either like, side. Either I have side. my own truth and my own reality, and if you're not in it, then you're just not in it. Right. right. And so, yeah. so basically, when you get to biblical righteousness, what God is saying is, is okay. Well, we'll listen. 
It doesn't matter if you're conservative or liberal. It mm. doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Palestinian. It, you're a human. And right. because of that, you have a serious issue, serious problem, which is sin. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Um, and you need you need somebody from the outside to rescue you. I always liked uh, Tim Keller's uh, definition that he used to use for righteousness, and this was kind of like a secular definition, but it really, really works. And I felt like yours was r- very much the same way, because, um, like you said, basically, kind of like a, a general definition for righteousness is the quality or state of being morally correct or justifiable. Um, Tim would say uh, righteousness was a validating performance record that opened doors. Yeah. So in other words, mm-hmm. and your righteousness that you put forward, um, and you could, like I said, these these could be interchanged, that your definition in this one, because they're really the same thing. Uh, but your righteousness that you put forward in any situation is like your resume. Mm-hmm. Like, here's my resume that says I meet the requirements for fill in the blank. Right. And any resume in the eyes of God, outside of the person of Christ. You see what I mean? Yeah. And so that's where... Because that's what Romans 3.10 is. There is no one righteous. Not one. No, not one. Yeah. Um, And so you said, you know, the breastplate of righteousness is like putting off the old self, putting on the new self. And then you shared the the Piper quote. I don't have Mm -hmm. that quote. Do you have that? Yeah, he said to wear the breastplate of righteousness is to stand confidently... In Christ's imputed righteousness, rather than adopt worldly identities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was good. I like one of my favorite Piper quotes that's similar as well. Is uh, the challenge in life is not merely to pursue righteousness, but to prefer it. Mm-hmm. So, but I like that because you, your quote though led to the uh, the illustration that you used with your jacket. Yeah, layering up. You know, wearing your jacket over your faith. You yeah, wanna... yeah, yeah. The jacket represents like this identity, and this identity. And I tried to try to help people understand your identity outside anything outside of your identity in Christ is an identity that the world has given you. Whether it comes from your parents, it came from your friends growing up, whatever. Maybe they, you know, maybe they, you know, I don't know. Let's 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 just make up something on the fly here mm-hmm. for you, Tiff. You know, it's like. Uh, maybe you had bad hair growing up. I don't know. I'm just making this up. You got great hair now, but let's just say bad hair. And and so they nicknamed you Bad Hair Tiff, you know? And so like every time you came, they're like, I wonder what Tiff's hair is going to look like uh-huh. every day. And so you grow up, you know, trying to combat that. It becomes your identity, you know? It's like, because all of a sudden now, guess what? You have beautiful hair. So everybody's like, Everybody's like, oh, man, Tiff, where'd you get that hair? Where'd you get that hair? Well, people don't understand that that's your identity now. Your hair has become your identity because it's always been an issue. Well, guess what? Now, even as a believer, you know, it's not it's not like, um, you know, Tiffany now is a Christian. It's Tiffany who has great hair is a Christian. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times we put on that identity. Um, we put on that identity. And that identity could be conservatism. It could be mm-hmm. liberalism. Yeah. It could be, you just name it. Put, you know, name the clothing and you put it on. And what happens is, is if you take on any identity other than what is offered to you in Christ and in Christ alone, mm-hmm. then that identity becomes a layer that you put over the righteousness of Christ. Right. And the world can't see Jesus 
through your self-righteousness, through your identity that you think is you, and that's how you've portrayed yourself to the world. So Mm. that's why I said, don't layer up. Take those identities off. Let Jesus out. That's because that's what a breastplate of righteousness is, is look at what Christ has done for me. And for the person who wasn't there, you... Joey had on a jacket, but he had on a shirt underneath it that was just said Jesus really big. It actually said Jesus over everything, but mm-hmm. the point was the same. Like mm-hmm. that was you were instead of covering up the Jesus with something that was more you. Yeah, yeah. I think the I think the mindset today has been is that um you need to you need to be a Christian because that's how you get to heaven, mm-hmm. but you need to kind of keep that under wraps. Like yeah. you need to keep that under your breath. Like, um, I don't know if y'all saw this today, but um, it just came out in Berlin. They put out a statement, like the the State Department put out to the entire, you know, region in Germany there that if you are a Jew, you might want to tone it down a little bit because Mm. it'll make you a target. And Mm. so, like, and and literally it said you might want to lower, lower and say it under your breath. And I think, honestly— that's really where most people are anyway in their faith. Right. They feel like their faith is their foundation, but it's really on the inside, and they mumble it under their breath. And and that's to me, that's what it means to put on the breastplate of righteousness is realizing that I am not awake and alive today to make much of me. Mm-hmm. I am here to make much of Him. Mm-hmm. And I can't do that with this jacket on. Right. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> you said at one point you said living that way shapes the gospel into something that more resembles us. Yes. Yes. And uh you said more palatable to mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. All right. So when you said that, I had a I had a moment of like, all right, so <laughs> here's a and I'm not saying this uh d- this is not directed at you. This is just like in general like so this is a question that that would make me want to ask. Now we may not can go down this rabbit hole. Okay. So everything you just said, how would someone square that with a seeker-sensitive church movement? There, lot, there, there are tentacles to, there. There's yeah. a lot to consider there. You see what I mean? Yeah. Because it's like to put to to shape the gospel into something that more resembles us, mm-hmm. or to, or to shape the gospel into a way that's more palatable to us. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like that's. That's something, and I know that's you know that that's a hairy conversation because it is. that's like. But I I thought, man, that would be an interesting one. We should do an episode of Sunday Gravy where we just unpack that. I would love to unpack that. <laughs> I would love to. I think it would be great, and I think we would come to the same conclusion. You know, yeah, about balance. Yeah. You know, but at at the same time, though, you're right. I mean, I think it's easy for us. Um, to make something that is palatable for us to swallow and to live with. And I feel like for, for the most part, you know, there's a reason to, I think there's a reason to the madness in Paul throwing out the belt first and throwing out the breastplate yeah. and then his next one being the shoes. Well, I'll go ahead and tell you like yeah. where I kind of land on that. And the reason that I brought it up is because I can see people saying stuff like that. Yeah. It, directing it at a church that's maybe more contemporary, mm-hmm. you know? But like I said, back to the statement of, you know, that that way of living or that way of doing things, shaping the gospel into something that more remembers us. So when I said that, how does somebody square that with, you know, 
what are the elements we're talking about? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's where the rubber would meet the road for me because it's like, okay, and I'm I we're, we this would rabbit trail forever, but just because a church is contemporary, they have contemporary worship or they have a building that looks different mm-hmm. or people dress different or this or that, that's not doing that. Mm. Like what what is the mm-hmm. gospel say? You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. like so like what are the what are the parts that are being made more to resemble us? Because I've been in environments where you know, that was more traditional traditional in yeah. nature. Yeah. But the but an explicit gospel was hard to hear. Mm-hmm. Or hard to find in the in that place. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not saying that all places are like that because I have been in places where it was like, man, that guy was up there preaching the gospel. You know, mm-hmm. like he was just laying it down. Yeah. But I've also heard that in very contemporary settings. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so absolutely. Anyway, I think I think a lot of times people uh, just like throw the baby out with the bathwater. I guess is what yeah. I'm saying when it comes to that. That's why I think it would be a really interesting thing mm-hmm. to unpack, is because uh, people will. Well, they just do that. They do just that. Yeah, I say they I, they, f- they plant their feet firm in this camp, and just mm-hmm. like we're talking about with like the political mm-hmm. stuff and everything, mm-hmm. they look over at the other side and be like, "You're not allowed to nuance." <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Because yeah. you disagree. Yeah, yeah. we disagree yeah. here, mm-hmm. and so what you're saying means nothing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you could go to everything from music style to yeah. expectations of what you wear to sure. online or in person. I mean, but I yeah, think so I think many. the heart though from on Sunday where I was coming from was, you know, like the the idea, the mentality of this is that you're going to get up and get dressed a lot more to go to work than you are to church. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for that reason, what I'm discussing, you know, because the one person that would sit there and argue nuance like that Mm -hmm. will go to work, put on his AT&T uniform and cuss like a sailor, you know, or something like that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, well, hold on, wait a minute, you know? Mm -hmm. know, I mean, at some point... Which identity are you? Yeah, you know, yeah. are yeah. you this hardliner? Are you this? You know, so I'm. So at the end of the at the end of it all, I feel like you know, I feel like we're disqualifying a lot of times because of those first two. We lie, and we live in our own self righteous. Well, mm-hmm. I'm hard. I, I hate to say it. It's hard to put on the 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 shoes of the gospel and carry that gospel message out yeah. when you're already mm. failing miserably in those yeah. first. What two. I brought up just then is in no way anywhere in the neighborhood of what you were talking about. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. It just made me think of it because right. I was like, I'm constantly thinking like, you know, well, one, it's just how I listen to things. Like mm-hmm. I'll listen to things and be like, I'm listening for like, where are there possible holes? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or where would yeah. somebody objections? Where would there be nature. objections? Like mm-hmm. where would people have a beef? You know that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, uh, I just feel like it's you know maybe one part of my role is to be able to you know be a armor bearer kind of thing. You yeah, know? so absolutely. Just, just to basically say okay, well you you're you're hearing something that isn't there. You mm-hmm. know that kind of, anyway, which but happens all the time. It does. It happens, and it happens everywhere too. Uh, and that's why. But anyway, that aside, though, I just I it did it did make me think that would be an interesting conversation. I don't know I if anybody would be interested in hearing it. Mm. Well, maybe maybe we just do a special podcast, and if you're a minister or whatever, and you want you're interested in this conversation, we'll we'll let you like log in and hear it. Yeah, the pieces mm-hmm. of you know when you get into that that environment, you know where 
anyway, I, I won't go there. We'll just because we'll keep talking about it forever. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. We'll, there, that like you said, that's got a lot of tentacles to mm-hmm. it. It does. Uh, it the does. third point though was, and this got ridiculous, especially in the first service was <laughs> have shoe game. Shoe game. Shoe game. Okay, uh, I did not notice the shoes you were wearing until you were leaving yesterday. <laughs> and I was in second service the whole time. Were you? The funny part to me was I thought you were about to th- I thought you were about to just throw me under the bus so hard. Why? Because you started talking about going to work. You would uh-huh. go to work and you would see people dressed really nice when you oh. worked at the uh, downtown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were talking about working down there and you would see people come in and you were like, "Man, and these people are dressed so nice." You go into the office every day and da 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 da, and uh, dressed to a T. And I thought you were gonna slip in there and say, "And now I come to High Point, <laughs> Blake's dressed like Adam Sandler every day." <laughs> I should have said that. I, I thought so that would have got a laugh, yeah, at my expense. But I, I was bracing well, myself for it. I was, in our defense, we are unloading food trucks. <laughs> yeah, you know? it's we true. are doing it's true. crazy stuff. Uh, so. But you, but you were telling that story to make mm. the point of uh, of uh, that you know the workers would change into their tennis shoes. Yeah, like so they'd people. have on this super nice $5,000 suit, right. and then they got their white sneakers just so it's comfortable to walk down the street and get mm. some food. Right, yeah. to go to lunch or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, and your point was that's, in a, in a way, you get to l- see a little bit of who they really are in that moment. Yes. When they put their sneakers on, like, this is this is who I am, not the, who the world around me says I have to be. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like, it's like... You know, they wouldn't wear dare wear that to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's okay, you know, while you're at work to take a moment and go be yourself, you know, like, yeah. and I, I just feel like that's just a great a- yeah. example of what it means to, you know, to, to be in the world, but not of the world. Right. You know, yes, you are there. Yes, you have a job to do, but you are also called and commissioned with the great commission to to sow the seeds of the gospel. That's right. You know? mm-hmm. So yeah, the 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 line that stuck stuck with me was something along the lines of you know this is how we should be in the world. This is who I am. Now you may think it's strange, or here's here's mm-hmm. a better word. You may think it's peculiar. Yes, but this is who I am. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm prepared and ready to share yeah. the gospel. Also, this made me think of selfishly. You know, you notice how I make every piece of the sermon about me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. I don't know if that's good or bad. You like I was quick to agree. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad. As long as you're so I as long I, as you're growing. You're that's exactly. all it matters. Like, are you growing you, in your faith? But I told you this story about how I've been messing with my daughters and my nieces. Mm-hmm. So do you know this? I don't think the Snapchat so. thing? No. All right. So Oh my goodness. Are you about to tell that? Should I tell it? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So well there's another part that you haven't heard. Okay. So I've been from the I would always make fun of my daughters because they would snap each other, like them and their cousins, like mm-hmm. my nieces, they would snap each other their pictures of what they're wearing, like their outfits. Mm-hmm. And uh then I see some of them would actually like snap and like share to like a group, you know, that was like, here's my fit, you know, for yeah. today. <laughs> and so I told my 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 wife and my sister-in-law is going to do this. I said, uh, so the girls being, you know, they've got two girls in high school. I've got two girls in high school. And then I included my wife and my sister-in-law in this. I said, you know, I had gotten a Snapchat just so they could send me things because they'll share mm-hmm. pictures with each other that way. And 
So I've had one. I don't ever really use it. Not really. Occasionally somebody will send me something, but, and I'll send them back something goofy because the filters are fun to play with. Mm -hmm. But anyway, (laughs) so I just decided to randomly say, you know what, for the next few weeks, every day, I'm just going to take a picture of myself in the mirror and send it to them and be like, Tuesday fit, (laughs) Wednesday fit. As a way of making fun of them, but also making them feel awkward. <laughs> and it's gotten really absurd, like really, really absurd. But one of the last things I did, so I kind of ended it and wrapped it up on Friday. But like, you know, Friday, I'm like working around the house, like doing stuff around the yard or whatever. I'm wearing just like a ripped up t-shirt. My hair's all messed up because I hadn't had a shower or anything. Uh, basically just got up, threw some shorts on brushed my teeth and went to work, you know, (laughs) and I take a picture of myself just like, you know, standing in the kitchen. Friday lounge fit is what I called it. And then when I put my shoes on in the basement, these shoes right here that I'm wearing right now, gray standard issue. Yeah. Okay. Your uh, everyday shoes. Everyday, you know, these are standard dad issue new balance. Yeah. And I, and I took a picture of my feet with these on, and my feet are not pleasant to look at. I'm the I would be the worst shoe model in the world because I wear a f- extra wide, double extra wide, uh-huh. a 4E. But I took a picture of it and I snapped it to every one of them, and I was like, "Friday shoe game is dripping." That's how I label it, and I try to make it more and more cringy. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, like you're trying to be like them. (laughs) With everything that they get. And so when you said, you got to have shoe game, and I was like, my my shoe game is dripping. (laughs) (laughs) My gray new balance. I love it. I thought that was good, though. That whole, like, you know. Yeah. And uh, the last thing that I wrote down is, which, you know, was right off the heels of you making that last point of, you know, being who we are, like this is who I am. Kind of, and it really ties in strong to the point before, you know, the breast, wearing the breastplate of righteousness, that sort of thing. This is Christ's righteousness. You see Jesus. This is who I am. Maybe strange, maybe peculiar, but I'm ready to share the gospel because the last thing was because when we follow Jesus, we follow him into a war zone. Yeah. 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 I just want people to know you're not just going to work. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's really what that saying is. It's reminding, reminding you that there's something bigger going on. And there is nothing wrong with you juggling a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times people take the, the, the you know, if you're juggling, I don't know, let me think of something, a knife or something like that. It feels like it sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. In life, you're juggling knives. I feel like a lot of people are like, you know, uh, I'm really running the risk of getting cut here. So I'm going to remove one knife because it doesn't really fit my game and where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And and so a lot of times that knife tends to be your call to evangelism, your call to share the gospel. That is the first in a lot of circumstances, probably in most circumstances in your life, that's the first to get tabled if it was ever even on the table to begin with. And so, you know, I just feel like I just feel like you, your shoe game is to me it's just amazing how people notice your shoes. Like yeah. I've never really thought about it. I'm I'm not a shoe game person. I mean, maybe because I spent all my money on my kids' shoe game, you know. But I don't have a lot of shoe game. I mean, I I have on these shoes right here. These are like those. Uh, what do you call these? They're that you slip them on. They look like dress shoes, but they're extremely comfortable. 
Don't ask me. I don't know. You don't know. Shoes. I don't know. But I was actually <laughs> at your shoe a, game is better than mine. Yeah. Though. I mean, well, I have a I was, gray New Balance and Hey Dudes, and that's it. Well, <laughs> the fact you I have got these hey Hocus dudes. seven days a week, y'all. <laughs> well, I was wearing these shoes at a pastor's thing, and some young guy who is a young young pastor just got uh, done being a youth pastor. Looked at me. He goes, "Hey man, I like your shoe game," and I was like. I didn't know that was game at all. You know, I just, they're comfortable. Mm. So I don't understand. I didn't, I, I don't, you know, I don't, don't understand people who notice shoes, but mm. it's a big thing, right? And so get this Sunday after, after the service was over and I was wearing these Air Jordans, I'm wearing my son's Air Jordans. Yeah. The whole time. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they're not just any Air Jordans. They're, they're the shiny black on the right. on the toe, I mean, it it really drew a lot of attention, but uh, a lot of people never even said anything about my shoes um, in the church. But I didn't. It, you ever just like get busy and just forget what you're wearing? Mm-hmm. And like after church, I got invited to go eat at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Never even crossed my mind to change my shoes out. So I, here I am. I got on khakis, I got on a, you know, a sports jacket and everything, and I got on them black shiny Air Jordans. I mean, like <laughs> popping and locking and all that stuff, right? And I come, I walk into the Mexican restaurant, and sure enough, there's a guy I know standing there, and he went, hey, man, how you doing? I haven't seen you in a long time. He said, how's church doing? I said, oh, man, it's doing great, man. It's good to see you. He looks down at my shoes and goes, was that a part of your sermon? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And I said, actually, it was. And he went, he said, okay. He said, that's some good shoe game, but that don't fit you. Oh, well, that's like. Because I've just gotten too old. Yeah. I guess I'm too old for Air Jordans. You I know? thought you were going to say that like a 20-something said. Hey, man, nice shoes or something like that. Oh, no, no. But a lot of times it has to do with what you're wearing with it. Well, and that that's draws it. attention to it. That's it. it. Yeah. It's out and, of place. And so, yeah. I, so after it was over with, we get the text. It was just me and the boys because Brownie had like a little shower tea she was doing at the house. And so she texted us like, hey, I need y'all when you get done at the restaurant to go by Walmart and get milk and, you know, dog food. And uh, and and once again, never even dawned on me. I'm wearing these shoes, and I go into Walmart, and I'm walking through Walmart, and you know how you go down the aisle, and people look at you. Every single person looked down at my shoes and started laughing. So <laughs> I'm serious. They were like, "He thinks he's really it, cool." <laughs> they did. I was like, "What are they?" I almost wanted to stop a stranger and go, "I saw you smile. I need to know what was your thought." <laughs> You know, what do you think of my shoes? I know. So <laughs> that's funny. I got called out. I got called out in so many different that's ways. That's funny. But, but th- that's my point. I think we're just afraid to wear the shoes of the gospel because it mm-hmm. does draw attention. Because mm-hmm. it does, it does seem peculiar to mm-hmm. use your word, Blake. Mm-hmm. Well, that was from the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh man. Yep. Mm-hmm. So what uh, what else is going on? We've got Trunk or Treat. Mm-hmm. We already talked about it. Trunk or so treat. go vote for go vote for Halloween costume. Tell them what the three are again. Uh, Elvis, mm-hmm. Captain Jack Sparrow, mm-hmm. Ricky Bobby. Let's go. What's y'all's vote? Mm. What's your vote? 
I don't know. I can't decide between Jack Sparrow and Ricky Bobby. Can I? Can I go hybrid? Yeah. <laughs> I would love Which to two? see a Ricky Bobby Elvis. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you give me a Ricky Bobby Elvis I play? Don't know, I don't know. <laughs> I just need to see you do the Jack Sparrow run across the parking lot. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Please go sign up your cars, though. Yes, we need yeah. trunks. We need trunks. Be awesome. And candy. Let's go. High Many point. of you have been bringing candy every week, so we appreciate. Yes, that. thank uh, you for that. Chuck we, Norris is getting full. Mm-hmm. But we could use more. Mm-hmm. And, uh, sign up your trunks. Anything else? Uh, we got some stuff coming up in November. Check out our social media and our website. We've got a new little events calendar-ish graphic thing. Oh, yeah. It shows yeah, yeah, all yeah. of our events. and, and some We have a big ladies thing uh, coming up. You we do. This Thursday night, we have a women's ministry. Um, I believe it's called Real Talk. We've got a guest speaker, Kara Snyder, coming in. She's an author amazing woman. She wrote uh, Anxiety Elephants, and she's also written some books for tweens and kids and a new Caroline Mom devotional, yep. which I've been dying to get my hands on. Hoping Jeez. to get yeah. one Thursday night. Corner girl. Yes. She is a an alum. So we're an gonna, alum. We're going to so, have some women's worship and some snacks and some conversation. It's going to be... Now, that's be awesome. a conference that's free of it charge. Is. Yeah, totally so free. It's Thursday open night. to the public Thursday night. What time? I'm looking. I believe it's 6. Okay, it'll be here at High Point, mm-hmm. and we got regular Wednesday night stuff going on. We encourage you to, guys to come out. Man, there's uh, Wednesday nights just going great right now with uh, mm. students, kids, uh, uh, adult Bible study. We're in the Book of Daniel, and this this Wednesday night would be a good one to jump in. We're in Daniel chapter three, fire, fiery furnace. I listened to chapter Let's two go. online yesterday. It was so good. Uh, yeah, uh, chapter three. Maybe you should wear your bow tie when you. Do that lesson. Why? Spring back. To, I mean, fiery furnace, man. You're gonna get fired up. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, come come join us for that. And hey, then I just looked the Kara Snyder event is six thirty. Six thirty night. All right, same thing. Same time as Wednesday night services. Yep. Mm-hmm. Six thirty. Um, also, like Tiffany said, do check out that calendar because we're gonna do a churchwide Thanksgiving mm-hmm. meal on mm-hmm. a Sunday this year. So we got a couple of student fundraisers coming up over the next few months to try to help them get on some trips and do some cool stuff. So. A lot of guys were asking about the Bucks versus Geezers basketball game mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. going to be coming up mm-hmm. uh, in November. So got a lot of things headed your way. Stay tuned. Yep. All right. I don't have anything else. Nope. We're good. See you. Sandy Grevy.